Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And I am joined once again by Katie Sewell. Hello from Seattle, everyone. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about something that has become part of my daily reality, which is teaching reading and writing to a child who speaks two languages. Right. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about just because of your observations on it's Italian and English that he's learning. And as many people are practicing different languages during this time, I thought it would be interesting the observations you've made about the differences that are popping up while he's flipping from one to the other. Mm -hmm. So give us an example. Yeah, sure. What you're doing to teach him how to write in both Italian and English. Well, I should start by saying I really don't know what I'm doing. I hope that I'm doing it right. If there's sick teachers out there and they hear this and they're like, what is she doing? She's destroying her child. I <laughs> Write in and tell me because I'm just doing what I hope is right. And, you know, we'll see. <laughs> but I should say that he hasn't had any formal reading or writing at school. He's four, which in, I guess means he's in the second year of preschool. So he's not in kindergarten. Kindergarten would be next year. And I don't know what age, what year they start learning reading and writing in the States. I think it's kindergarten. Yep. Maybe they do some like pre-learning in preschool. But here, they really don't start reading and writing until first grade. So he hasn't had anything at school. I taught him his letters. But when I taught him his letters, I taught him it with the, the sound instead of the name of the letter because I didn't want to confuse him as far as the English and the Italian thing, I just taught him like F is F, you know, and G is G and all of that. Problem comes in with the vowels. Mm -hmm. There are some consonants that cause problems as well, but the problem really comes in with the vowels. So he learned his vowels in in Italian. So to him, the letter I is E and the letter E is E Mm -hmm. and the letter A is A, you know. So he has that so deeply ingrained in his head that it's very difficult to teach him that there's another way of saying it. So what I've done is, I mean, I figured he's old enough now that he can separate the two languages in his head. So what I've done is I've just said, okay, in English, this letter, which, you know, sounds like E in Italian, it sounds like I or I in English. And so I don't know if that's the best way to do it. I really don't. But that's the way that I have come up with. I just tell him, okay, this is English. We're doing English right now. So so do it in the English way. Say the letter in the English pronunciation. Okay, there's another problem though. In English, vowels sound really different depending on the context. And you can't start at the beginning teaching them all of the rules of like, you know, short I, long I, what makes an I short, what makes... You can't throw all those rules at them, right? Right. But luckily kids, I mean, the good thing about kids is that they don't ask a lot of questions when they're learning. They just go with it. It's just how their minds are. And so sometimes we'll be, he'll be reading a word and the, the I will be short and sometimes it'll be long and he'll kind of play it out and then sometimes he'll, it'll click what word it is and he'll say, oh, it's like, you know, and he'll get it. But I haven't really taught him the rules of why letters sound like they do. Another thing that I've had to teach him uh, is, you know, he asked me, why is there an E, or he calls it an E, uh, on the end of, a, of the word if it doesn't make any, make, make any noise, you know, you don't pronounce it. 
mm. like uh, where, like where, uh, yeah, or like, uh, you know, it would it would be like if you were to pronounce it perfectly. Um, and so I just have said, you know, the a just he's really lonely and he likes to, you know, be on the back of the word, even if he doesn't need to be there. He just likes to hang out with his friends. So that's what I've, the e does. Yeah, the e. The eh. Just clarifying for the English. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I, I usually, the only letters that I'll, I usually will say them in Italian, it's just just because I don't want to confuse the kid. So I'll say a eh when it's really an E in English. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, I could stand to be a little bit more consistent. I mean, I'm trying it. He, you know, to give him credit, he's getting really good. We started, I guess, a month ago. Yeah. I've been working with him just very sporadically up until that point. You know, whenever I saw a really simple word... And he he knew all of his letters, but he couldn't really get the idea of putting them together, the sounding it out sort of a thing. So we started with this very simple um, collection of books that are called the Bob books. They come in a box, there's like 12, and they're just the very basics, really, really easy, easy sentences. But it's a story. It's a very, very simple story. So we started out with those, and it was really, you know, hard at the beginning, but he got better really, really quickly. And those books, I mean, he's read them so many times that now he'll just, he just has them memorized. So I have had to find something else. But so now I've been printing stuff off um, of the internet, basically, I guess, for homeschooling parents. And I'm, I'm impressed with him. He's, he's getting good. He's getting good. So first we started with just the reading. And then we started with the writing. And I have another book that I bought him. All this stuff I bought him like a year ago, but we never really used. It was too early. Um, but I bought like a letter book so he could trace the letters and he likes doing that, but he, he's not very good at, at writing the letters yet, but he's, what he can do is he can write in Italian really well because the letters are so, they make so much sense. Spelling in Italian makes so much sense. If you know the vowel sounds and you know the consonant sounds, you just put the letters together. It just, it's so intuitive the way that, you know, libro, it just sounds, it just is spelled exactly the way that it sounds. Whereas a book, you know, he wanted to write book, he wrote B-O-C, book, you know, to him, that was the, so what he'll do is he, he'll read in English and he'll, he can pretty much get it that he's, he's reading in English and he'll sound out the letters, you know, and I've taught him that U is not U in English, it's U uh most of the time. And A is not A, uh, but it's A uh most of the time. So when he reads, he's pretty good at it, but when he writes, he's, he always goes into Italian. So he wanted to write the word lemonade mm-hmm. and he spelled it L-E-M-N-E-I-D. Lemonade. It's like exactly how it would be spelled phonetically in Italian. Mm-hmm. He writes, sometimes he wants to write I and he'll write, even though he knows when he reads that the letter, the capital letter I is I, E-O, I. Mm-hmm. When he writes it, he writes A-I, I, uh-huh. I. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. From that point of view, as you're teaching him, do you wish that he was a kid who was predominantly English speaking and you were trying to teach him the Italian? Would it be easier going in the other direction? You know, it might be when it comes to writing and reading. I think that Italian is just, just, as long as you just have to learn those four vowel sounds, like what the pure Italian vowels sound like. Is once you got that, I mean, there's a, the letters, there's a few differences, like CH in Italian is a hard K as opposed to a ch, you know, there's a few different consonant combinations that you have to learn. But pretty much, 
other than that, it's just so straightforward and so easy. And it also has taught me how many, um, in English, we have these compound vowel, I don't know if they're called compound vowels or diphthongs, I think they're called diphthongs, when like you have, okay, for example, go, right? I'm going to go to the store, right? To us, it's just go. It's just, it's an O sound, mm-hmm. right? That's how we would think of it. But to an Ita- native Italian speaker, even to Aurelio, he, when he wanted to write go, he wrote G-O-U. Because to him, it sounds like go. It's not go. It's not like an Italian would look at G-O and they would say go. It's go. There's a U at the end in, in, in phonetically. And so, so he'll write go or two, and not so much two. That would be just T-U in his mind. But go would be G-O-U. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And we, we do these, we have these, and we don't even realize it in English. So on our Day in the Life show, we got to listen in on a little bit of his reading lesson. And one of the things he would do, sometimes I think to make you laugh, and I can play a clip just so people can remember, but he would add an extra syllable on the end of something, <laughs> like a ba-ox, or I, I can't remember what word he No, it's, it's, it's this. It's, it's the a typical Italian accent. Ball. Like ball. We would say ball in English. Ball. Like if you talk to an Italian who doesn't speak English very well, that's how they speak. They put like a uh sound after every consonant because in Italian, the words don't ever end with consonants, almost never. They're not used to just cutting off the sound right at the consonant. They're used to having a vowel there. So they say bala or pig or cat or dog. (laughs) Um, I remember when I was helping my sister-in-law, who's now a senior in high school, but, but when I met her, she was a little girl. And when I was helping her with her English lessons... I remember her doing this. She was reciting, I have a gata. Go- a you have a nata gata. He has a nata gata. And I was like, Elisa, stop with the nata gata. <laughs> it's not got. And so when Aurelio does it, it drives me insane because I'm like, you're American. You're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> uh, now he does it just to bug me. Yeah, because he thinks it's funny. Yeah. So, that's cute. Well, here, just since I promise, let's listen to a little tiny clip of him doing that. Box. Okay, okay. don't say box uh, like you're like an Italian. Box. Say box like an American, okay? So here you go. What does it say? Read the sentence. Latte. No, not latte. <laughs> How are you going gonna... to... I know you're going to laugh. Get. Not get. <laughs> Just get. Get up. Honey. Get up. Not get, up. <laughs> get up. Get up. Lad. Lad. That's better. <laughs> so cute. You know, of all the things that I'm grateful for, I think a lot of people try to look for the silver lining in this situation, that we're all stuck at home and our lives have been totally thrown upside down. Uh, and one of the silver linings that I have found is that um, he is learning to read and write in English first. Now, I always do a little bit in Italian, like at the end of the lesson, just because I don't want him to go back to school and you know start learning to read and write in Italian and be totally off because he can only think of the English vowels. So I don't, I know he's going to have to go to school in Italian. So I do a little bit of Italian at the end. So he keeps that up, but I'm really grateful that he's learning the lion's share of his reading and writing in English first. A, because it's so much harder 
Now, I don't think that it, English is a harder language in general than Italian. I think that grammatically, Italian is much more complex as far as verbs and stuff, but but the spelling is much harder in English and the pronunciation is much harder. So, you know, I, I happened to be talking to this woman just a couple of weeks before the whole city shut down. She's an American living in the States, living in Italy like myself, and her kids are much older. And and we were talking about, you know, schooling and stuff. And I said, you know, I'd ho- I would love to send Aurelio to international school in English, maybe in high school, you know, but I figure in elementary school, Italian school is fine. And she said, no, 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 it's the other way around. If you can only send him to international school at one time in his career, send him to it in elementary school, because that is when they need to get their basics down in the, in English language. And if they don't get it down when they're young, it's so hard for them to ever learn it really well. And she said one of her kids went to school, elementary school in Italian, and the other two went to elementary school in an English school. And the ones who went to elementary school in English school have a deep love of reading, regardless of the language. They love to read. And the one who went to Italian school doesn't. And I actually was talking to a mutual friend of ours, Linda. Her kids, she has the same thing. One of Only one of her kids went to elementary school in Italian, and that's the one who doesn't love to read. I mean, I don't necessarily think that has anything to do with the language per se. That might be the teaching style. That might be American or international schools. You know, they try to get kids to read more. It's more part of the curriculum. I don't know. But I definitely don't want him to grow up and be half American and not feel like he has a true mastery of the language, both speaking, reading, and writing. I want him to really know it. I want it to be just as easy and as natural for him as Italian. I don't know if we're going to have the ability, the the finances to send him to international school ever. So one silver lining is that I'm getting to teach him this now, at least. Do what I can do. Obviously, I'm no substitute for a school, but I can do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now you have the time to start researching those international skills <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, but no money to send him to one. <laughs> send donations. Aurelio's got to go to school. <laughs> yeah. So to end, why don't you give us an example of something you're having him do? Okay, well, one thing I've just started to throw into the mix because it's a little more advanced, it combines the English and the Italian, is I write a sentence in English And I make sure it's a sentence, obviously, that he's able to read and that in Italian he'd be able to write. So it's not something with complicated consonant combinations or anything. So I write that sentence and then I have him read it and then I have him translate it orally and then I have him write it in Italian. Mm. Usually they're very basic sentences. Today it was, my house is pretty. (laughs) And I had him translate that and write it in Italian. La mia casa è bella. And um, yeah, I, f- I think that's, I feel like that's got to be a good two-in-one exercise. I mean, I feel like that's slightly advanced. I was thinking more the cat is in the box. Yeah, maybe that's even easier. I'll write that down for tomorrow. My house is pretty. It has multiple syllables. Yeah. <laughs> longer word. <laughs> Coming as a kid who, um, I know that as my mother's listening, she's probably shaking her head somewhat because I never really learned to spell very well. And... <laughs> Some of you who have received thank you notes have probably noticed that and shaken your head. I thought she was an intelligent woman. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I really just understand the challenges of that and how, and how hard. And so it feels like 
getting an early start and maybe even being able to flip between two languages might end up being some kind of an advantage. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a disadvantage, but maybe it'll be an advantage. Well, I'm hoping it'll be an advantage. I mean, I think biling- being bilingual is, is definitely an advantage. I just don't want him to be completely favoring one language over the other when it comes to writing and reading. Yeah. So that's why I'm taking this so seriously. Yes. English has to become as easy as Italian. Otherwise, you're doomed. Exactly. All right. Well, I guess (laughs) we'll leave it there. That was very interesting. Yeah. So until Monday, this has been your midweek bittersweet moment. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife@mail.com, or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>